Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 7, titled Promises Broken. Uh, that's ominous, considering promises were made this episode. That seems like a bad future for these promises. Uh, Aaron, what do you think yeah. of this episode? I think I really liked this episode. Uh, I thought that the... The the moral dilemmas that they put uh, to the um, Reapers and and kind of pinch Leah and Daryl in were interesting. I thought the stuff like I again, I wasn't a fan of how we got to this Maggie and Negan situation, but like it's played out right now as if it had gone the way I'd wanted it to. So I can kind of forget some of those missteps. I thought that stuff was pretty good, like the. The analysis of the the shifting morality and Negan made some good points. Um, the only thing I, I, I guess the only thing I didn't really like is I felt like maybe they're telling the Commonwealth is secretly evil story a little bit more abruptly. Like it doesn't feel like boiling the frog. It's like it's mm-hmm. something like either part of the orientation should have been the caste system that everyone's operating under and like the state police kind of thing, you know. Uh, or they should have, like I said, slow boiled the frogs a little bit more. Uh, but we'll see if that 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 compression actually, you know, because it's clear to me that this is where they're going anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much throat clearing and shuffling I need them to do before before they get to it. But that's the only concern I have. What did you think, Jim? Yeah, I feel like on that Commonwealth stuff. It seems like there are a lot of unspoken rules inside the Commonwealth around the class system and if you break them the justice is swift and severe um and yeah there there was one line from eugene like uh or from some other character to eugene don't you know who that is and it's like how the fuck should i know who this guy is i've been here one day you threw me in a prison camp what do you want (laughs) like yeah so there are a lot of uh around the edges problems for them but uh, overall, I liked the episode. I think, you know, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. How they got here, maybe not great. Um, there's still the giant elephant in the room of the coastline could solve every single problem they have with food. Um, they're just not going to acknowledge it, right? They just can't at this point. Like in the writer's room, there's probably a big, ah, shit moment where they realized, yeah, we just ignored an odd, the obvious possibility here. And now we can't mention it because if we do, it's an admission of guilt and yeah. we refuse. And and actually that, AMC execs won't even let us because they refuse right. at this point. Yeah. We're they're in their LA offices. Uh they're like, guys, I just checked the map. Alexandria is like ten miles from the ocean side, you know? The right. ocean side, that, that place that got destroyed. Turns uh-huh. out thousands of miles of coast man i don't know if we could destroy all of oceanside yeah <laughs> right. and, and with 99 percent of the world's population gone the oceans are essentially have infinity fish yeah. so but i don't know maybe they broke all their fishing rods people uh-huh. forgot how to tie knots mm-hmm. there's no way you could you form a net or tie tie a line to a, a pole and throw it it's just it's just fucking bleak they don't have right, any soccer only balls. Only the blacksmith to, to only turn into blacksmiths had that technology. Right, right. <laughs> and now they're only blacksmiths are lost in the woods or dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, yeah but otherwise, of that, where the fuck is Boston Rob? It, How many nights has it been now? He had like half a wa- bottle of water and a granola bar with, and, <laughs> and gangrene setting in. What the what's going on with this yeah. guy? He's going to be a straight up zombie. He's been drinking rainwater from the gutters, I'm sure. Uh, I, I don't know man tr- we, we might come back he'll just be a pile of bones like he'll, mm. he'll have we'll withered away to nothing hopefully he's able to kill himself before he turns otherwise they're gonna have to put him down and we saw how what trouble they have with that this episode so yeah 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 we'll see um but Get a space. You know, I, I, I mostly like the stuff they uh are doing with negan and maggie i think their conversation here is is a little strange. You have to understand it from like a certain point of view, right? Where Negan is is trying to be honest with Maggie, but it's in the Negan way. It's it's in like kind of still 
a bit of an asshole. He's got a weird sense of humor that is is a little darker than most people's. And maybe in this situation, it's not the perfect tone to take with Maggie. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's Negan. And I kind of appreciate that they're keeping these characters, these characters, right? They're not changing Negan's personality. They're changing how he feels about his actions. And I, I like that. Yeah, I, it's, I just, I'm still not sure I agree with like what Negan says. Like, yeah, if he's telling the truth or not, like, I, I guess I was expecting him to come to different conclusions after all this time. I don't know if they're valid or invalid, but when we get to that conversation about like what he would have done different, I want to kind of dive into that because I I was like, God damn, Negan, really? (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, you would have just killed everybody. You wouldn't have like maybe not done the baseball bat and barbed wire thing. Maybe like, uh, you know, uh, treat, uh, treat new people with like suspicion, but not open hostility and and slavery. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's a better way, big guy. I don't know. I will say the, the probably biggest thing that is worrying me at this point is Gabriel is very close. He's dancing on the line of moralizing here at this point with, his really? faith with his his relationship with God. Mm. He's been back and mm. forth so many times. We saw the Terminator uh, episode where he seemed to be over the line at that point. Like, okay, he's left this behind him. But then we get a guy praying this episode and he can't bring himself to take him out, even though he's clearly the enemy and has murdered a bunch of his friends. So I don't know if they keep this wishy-washy stuff with Gabriel, it might become a problem. It's already yeah. starting to become a problem for me, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm curious because I want to talk I'll talk more about that scene as well. Okay. Well, maybe we should get into the recap then. Let's do it. But first, let's take a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday, join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood the on-screen action for season one and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. All right, we start off in the woods. Negan's trying to convince the group that continuing their mission is suicide, which of course we all agree with. Except for Maggie, who still wants to go. She says, look, you're free to go. Um, you know, be, be a self-serving asshole like you've always been. Uh, but he'll help if she promises that that's it for their dispute. They are even after this. And they shake on it. And then a walker that they knew comes up. Apparently, it's Casey Jones' sister's friend. They really complicate this relationship. Uh, and then more come, up walking, uh, come walking up behind it. And that gives Maggie an idea. And they go off to to find more of them. Yeah. Um, I like the appearance of anti-stealth zombies, like zombies that were heard uh, by everyone well before they're seen on the frame. You know, uh-huh. they're these down respectfully announcing their their presence with their moaning and their rasping. Yeah. Um, but I like this. Like, there's a couple things like I, I was trying to think. I think Negan scrupulously always took his like kept to his word. Right. It seemed like if, if anything was ripped, it was much. it was double dealing and backstabbing and 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 breaking the terms. Now the, the terms of the agreement were horrifying. So I'm not, you know, certainly not saying uh, Rick was bad for doing that, but I I think that meant something. Like you yeah. know, Negan had an unconventional moral framework for his society, but 
he did do the things that he said he was going to do, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I agree with that. Um, and I think Maggie knows that and and takes this seriously. And I like the kind of way that Negan plays this handshake here because he's kind of playing the rest of the group, not, not against Maggie, but like relying on the rest of the group to keep Maggie honest, you know, when she shakes his hand and promises. Cause he, he's like, she asked him like, you would take a promise from me. He's like, we all would, right? You, you have a reputation for being honest. So you're not going to break that reputation by going back on our agreement. Are you in front of the mm-hmm. priest in front of Casey Jones? Mm-hmm. No, I like that. And him having that consistent, like, this is suicide, this is suicide, this is suicide, as it gets more and more like that, I think he has started to get people, like, you know, like, Gabriel's still carrying Maggie's water, because, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Like, look, we don't have any food, I don't want to go back to my family with no food. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do they have to do it Maggie's way, where they just literally walk into the, the, the you know jaws of the the lions do they do they have to throw themselves into the teeth of the tiger or whatever i, I think that's where the the inroads and in, in the group are starting to be made yeah because there was a little hesitation before gabriel backed backed maggie for sure yeah uh and then also she's saying we'll never be even right before she makes this promise that they're even i i, I don't know how to read that do you have any insight on we will never be even and then handshake. Yes. If you do this, we're even. Well, I think that there is we're even and we're good, which means like, like I won't try and kill you versus I still hate you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like we're not even nothing you can do can make up for beating my husband's brains in you asshole. But yeah. like I can rescind the death wish on you. Like okay. I, I don't I don't have to kill you in your sleep. Like I I think that's the, the distinction. Okay. At least that's what I took it. Makes sense. For. All right, then we go over to, to Eugene and Stephanie clearing a house. So they're seemingly in a work camp here. Eugene asks if Hornsby can be trusted. Stephanie says, sure. Zeke and Princess are clearing a house too. Zeke's uh, neck bulge is acting up. And Princess asks Stephanie if she can get him a doctor. And she says, yeah, and then runs off. And then some truly, truly overprivileged schmucks walk by uh, and comment on the smell, the horrible smell of the place. Where the nasties are working. He wasn't talking about the walkers. He was talking about the workers. I assume, yeah. This guy, oh my god. All-time punchable face. This guy's rocketing to the top right there with Joffrey Baratheon for like, I can't wait for this guy to get taken down a peg and or eaten by a zombie. Holy fuck. Yeah. In the ultimate shitty teen? I don't know. Is he a teen? He looks like he's 27. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the teen bullies of of uh, Judith are a little bit up higher on my hatred list. But yeah. if he if he if he bullies Judith, then he's he's <laughs> lowest circle of hell as far as I'm concerned, for sure. Um, but yeah, they're like you know, and there's a whole lot of a lot of this going on in the episode. Like people being like, so if we do this, we'll get freed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much, you know. And they're all trust putting this trust in this openly slimy guy with the name of Lance Hornsby. Yeah, that's a name you do not trust. No, Lance Hornsby. It's the opposite of a name you can trust. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. They could be doing this like you know, never in non-committal days, weeks, months. Um, I I, I like it. I, I like how that uh, um, the group doesn't you know tries to keep Ezekiel from working himself to death and. And that there's that line about, you know, it's like, what if what if uh, our servitude uh, increases? And she's like, I've never been afraid of hard work, but I am anti friends dying from stubbornness. I thought that was a good line from Princess. First time we've ever seen Princess without her Uh like pink teddy bear jacket, too. Right. Yeah. She's in what I can only call prison fatigues. Sleeveless prison fatigues. So let me ask you something about the nature of this punishment. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this a quasi death sentence because i don't understand why they're sent out there as sleeveless jumpsuits and poles right uh maybe you don't send them out there with bullets but like send them out there with a suit of armor and a spear or something uh, my only guess on this is that they don't want an uprising and if they were to send them out with decent weapons and armor they'd be much harder to keep in line 
But they have guns that work. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe this like maybe they don't. they don't have as many bullets as they they do. And that's like, but like, yeah, I feel like you got you got a rifle and body armor, and the other guys just got a body armor. Well, the rifle guy's winning. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, again, don't give them a rifle, but you put them in that body armor with a spear, and they can clear all day, all night, and not have to. But it felt a little bit like maybe it's a bit of a death sentence. Yeah, or they at least don't care if they die very much. Yeah, that's yeah. Like they're yeah. If it's not explicitly a death sentence, mm-hmm. but if you get bit, you get bit. You know, you shouldn't. Have, you didn't. Can't do the time. Don't do the crime. Philosophy. Right. Uh, yeah, and I have more questions about that later. But for now, we go to Yumiko, who is talking with someone from the State Department, who seems eager to get her on Pamela Milton's legal team. She says, "Look, I'm not staying long. I and my friends aren't either." I want to see them. What's up? Uh, that doesn't work. So she demands instead to see Pamela Milton. Well, that's interesting. The way this office is designed, it's manifestly nice. You know, it's big. It's got lots of wood and it's brightly lit. But there's also something cheap to it. And I'm not sure if that's because hmm. Walking Dead's a cheap show or they're showing that there's a little bit of artificiality. Like all the plants are fake. The decor is kind of dated and maybe too much of it for the size of the room. Like if you got a 10 by 10 bedroom, do you really want a king size bed in there? Like there's a little bit of, uh, I don't know. So I, and I, I think it's a deliberate choice to show that they're, that, that it's not all, you know, when she asked her brother, is this as good as it seems? He says better. Mm, maybe not, maybe not They're but they're, but they're really holding that front. They're really holding that front. Yeah. I, I don't know. As much as I see like, it's it's not i don't know there's a prison aspect to this like a work camp sort of thing with eugene and all them and there's yumiko who i'm getting is very much like some kind of indentured servant here you know like you're the price for your freedom is you do what the hell we tell you to do and right that's it you have no say in this um but we we don't get to find out this episode because they keep they keep delaying things right like that's mm-hmm. I don't know. They go for cheap, cheap thrills and delaying kind of things that we know we want to see. Like, I want to see this meeting with Pamela Milton. I want to get to a glimpse into what's going on at the top of the the government here. And also, I feel like it's super cheap thrills to come in and snatch her brother away from her at, at some point yes. in this episode. It's like, OK, you didn't tell us anything. You didn't tell us why he's being snatched. He didn't tell us any of that stuff. And I don't know. Uh, it's not my favorite yeah, and part this of the show. This, this Lance Hornsby guy, like he's got remote objections about like, you know, he's got a timetable he's trying to hit. So it's like, you're wondering like what? Yeah, I kept on. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know what's in it for him. I don't know whether he's like the shadow government. Um, Future favors. Things. Yeah. Yeah. He trades for favors, which that kind of makes sense. But on the other hand, you know, what does he need from like, like, like Yumiko's going to go rocket to the top and he's going to have a favor, right? It just seems like it, it's weird for me to think of because he, this has got to be a long term play. Mm-hmm. Like, like years from now, this is the Godfather. I, you know, I, there, there may come a day and that day may never come. Yeah. But like this world, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not used to thinking in terms of like banking a favor that could be something that is paid back years from a time that the, the stability, but I don't know. Yeah. It feels like, at some point, maybe now's the time to talk about the fake Stephanie shit. Okay. Uh, we were going to keep this kind of like, you know, um, to ourselves, but like it is like people are just discussing this in all the forums and stuff as if it is a, a fact of life. It is a, a fact of life. Uh, there's big hints in it this episode. And the thing is, it's, it's to, to the point that I think reasonable people would start to speculate on things. Um, so we might as well say this woman who's identifying as Stephanie is not the same actor that he was, t- that, that Eugene was talking with the, over the radio mm-hmm. that's been confirmed by the actor that plays Eugene and by the AMC credits. And in fact, uh, two weeks ago, AMC on the press site accidentally had a caption where they identified the Stephanie he was walking around with on uh in in uh, uh the commonwealth as decoy stephanie mm-hmm. so that theory is kind of like here nor there and there's a bunch like i said there's there's been a bunch of hints to this we talked about how awkward the ice cream exchange is apparently that's because 
Uh, one of the things we saw that uh, him and Stephanie bonded over is their love of ice cream and her uh, favorite was Rocky Road and she did not order Rocky Road. Now, that's not a smoking gun, but it's something that Eugene noticed. Also, the lady that came to get uh, the dozen cones for the State Department did have a Rocky Road that was was remarked upon. And mm-hmm. she kind of like so the the idea is that that lady that we we meet in the State Department later on is the real Stephanie. So if you start putting some of these things together, it's almost like this Hornsby character lured these people out for a particular reason. Now, maybe it's just to annex Alexandria, but like there's a lot more wheels spinning and I'm a little bit losing patience with the the show keeping all this plotting behind, you know, away from us. You know, like we have no idea what the motivations and whatnot of these characters. Yumiko should start demanding answers. We should get them pretty soon. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, that's rather why I was the, so annoyed by the cancellation of the meeting this time, because, yeah, it just seems like a delaying tactic. And at this but point, also, we've got I, one week until the end of the I gro- season. I groan, so. but it also makes sense because now we see how things are connected in a way. So I was getting a little bit of information. She's like, sure. well, it's 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 canceled because uh, your son got attacked. Oh, shit. That's who they attacked. The Sebastian guy is the ma, uh, the son of the mm-hmm. big honcho. So. But yeah, I'm I, I would like for them to to put the pedal to the metal a little bit on the storyline. The scene giveth and the scene taketh away. Apparently. Especially when you're going to be this blatant about the other stuff. Right. But, you know, if you're not going to like slowly, then then, yeah, let's get to it. You know, <laughs> maybe I'm just impatient for the show to be over. I don't know. It's like I said, we got one more episode until the this portion of the season is over. Right. Uh, right. They can't really make a ton of progress in one episode, can they? I mean, we I might mean, get I some information. We might get a meeting with Pamela. I uh, think hopefully. revealing Pamela. Mm-hmm. I think it's not unfair to expect a resolution to the ra- the the Reaper plotline. Yeah. Although that's starting to feel like this might all be a, end up in a cliffhanger. You know, maybe. Uh, I mean, they're they're definitely building to that. The the Walker horde that they're wrangling, I would say, is approaching enough to give them some trouble. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, or to cause enough this- cha- uh, chaos for them to then sneak in behind and and you know gank some fools, right, right. And it wasn't like it wasn't nearly the numerical advantage I thought it was. You know, yeah. they got like twice as many people, um, and walls. So you got the defensive plus, but like right. they got a pretty sizable zombie herd. That's and there's like, no cold to keep sixteen walls. people. Right, right, right. They look like just wooden walls. Mm-hmm. Not gonna cut it. All right. Um, speaking of the Reapers, Daryl spots uh, the pantry in Meridian as it's being locked up and it's loaded. It's got greens for days. And it's substantial. You can make quite the stone soup out of that garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just add a pinch of rat and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, he offers the guy a cigarette and then they hear some commotion outside, which we kind of transition over to uh anything you want to talk mm-hmm. about with the pantry or should we get into that scene no no daryl noticed it daryl yeah. daryl sees it's it's there it's good it's real and it's spectacular uh gabriel prays over casey jones sister's friend's grave god that's a lot of modifiers here mm-hmm. uh with walkers all around tied to trees casey jones i think wants to kill pope or maybe just the one that killed his sister or the, this girl his sister's friend I don't know. Probably Pope. Maggie gives Gabriel some binoculars, sends him off on a mission to uh, scout out the the Meridian, and then if he can, if he has an opportunity to kill a Reaper, if it, if it's it, just a single Reaper and they're alone, and he's got the drop, keep that in mind. Um, and then Negan has a little bit of fun making skin masks from the Tree Walkers. It's not fun. Not with that attitude, Maggie. Um, yeah, this is what I was talking about with with Negan. Like his personality hasn't changed, right? He's still got this dark right. sense of humor. Like, right? Yeah, it's great. Right. I saw people in the the Walking Dead subreddit saying that uh, you know, like uh, Casey Jones is, which by the way, he's just abandoned the Casey Jones aspect of his character. No more masks. Nobody yeah. wears any masks unless you're a minor character. And, uh, <laughs> the hell, man! This, this thing, it's it's crazy. Lauren Cohen's like, what the fuck? I'm back. I'm wearing a zombie mask and these mm-hmm. people can't wear hockey masks. What the hell? Uh, but a lot of people are saying that uh, he said he's mine. 
Okay. And they're like, well, that means it can't be Aaliyah that he wants revenge on. But mm-hmm. I'm like, these people wear masks. Are we 100% sure that in a massacre situation that he just wouldn't mistake and say he because maybe Casey Jones slightly sexist? Sure. And just assumes anyone killing people in the zombie apocalypse is a man. Like I, I, I with the, 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 everyone wearing mask, I think gives enough ambiguity that like I'm not 100% sure that there won't be a situation where you know, Casey Jones wants a demand for justice. It's going to put him on the wrong side of Daryl. Yeah. Is what I think I'm, I'm kind of worried about. Cause yeah, if it's, if he wants to kill Pope or Carver or whoever the hell, like, yeah, Daryl's going to be like, yeah, be, be my guest, man. But like, I I think Leah is going to be now he's going to have, he's not going to let it happen. So yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. Could be an interesting conflict. Mm hmm. Uh, so the patrol returns to Meridian. They've had no success finding any of the dozens of people that are apparently dropping around in the woods outside. He's pissed that they couldn't find him. And Leah steps in to take the blame and almost gets some wrath as a side dish. But she, uh, is able to like, I don't know whether that storm and then Pope tells her to take Daryl out and go find his enemies. Is this a bad idea if you're Pope does I, I mean I guess what the show is trying to tell me is that he fully trusts Daryl at this point right but I th- that's not what the other episode told me I know at the end of the last episode be... said he is going to fuck with Daryl for a while to try and figure out his allegiances but fuck with Daryl doesn't necessarily mean you don't trust him like he as he's walking away you'd be looking at that fucker he's sweating bullets man he thinks I'm medium suspecting he's <laughs> such a d- yeah it's just Let's just bust his keep busting his balls, man. I mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, because because, yeah, it, it he's sending. But, but maybe he doesn't trust Leah either. And this is like some kind of big. But like you have to send a third party that you do trust. Like right. if you don't trust Daryl, you don't trust Leah sending them out together on some <laughs> kind of fucking mission is not a way to test the trust. It's he's like doing the one he's doing one half of the trust, but verify uh, yeah. strategy <laughs> right. it doesn't it's work like, with it, one half it's like you know when you're playing secret Hitler and one of the people you think is a fascist so it's like well I'll check, I'll check the guy's party loyalty card okay yeah this is great yeah like uh, Lee yeah. and Dare are like no they're we're 100% legit for you Pope like it doesn't right. work that way you need you need the, the trust but verify I, I don't know what they're doing but the other thing is like you could always just say that like Pope's crazy uh, it's not a very satisfying answer, but I think it works. Like, well, they want him to be very smart, though, right? Like, he, they want him to be a cunning opponent for for the rest of them. But I don't know if it's going to matter if they come marching up to the gates with a thousand walkers next episode. He can be as cunning as he wants, but he's got to fight an, an army of the dead. Well, that's what I'm saying, and I don't think they're mutually like crazy and cunning. You know, like look at Alpha; she was both. Sure. Yeah. You know, she had like major flaws in her worldview that were ultimately going to make her lose, but she could still like tactically be brilliant. I kind of think mm-hmm. Toke, but Toke. I think Pope mm-hmm. is the same way. Pope okay. needs his Toke up and and ch- uh, chill out. But but I think he is like he's got this religious fervor, but he also is probably capable at whipping ass tactically if he needs to. He's really putting a lot of faith in his fire test because like he's taken the bait hook, line, sinker of Daryl. I mean, Daryl has proven his loyalty to the point where he's sending him out on missions with Leah alone. And he's buying the fact that there are just dozens of enemies outside the gates. I, I laughed out loud when he said there. Are, how can we not find dozens of people running around outside? Yeah, he's taken him at face us. value. So. Yeah, and uh, I actually, this is another part of they're telling this story pretty effectively where it's like everything's from your own point of view, right? Like Daryl saying, you know, you got a good place here. must have a good story behind it. And they're all acting what they think is rationally. Like they found this group. They ran them off. Uh, they need to kill them all because what if they come back? Why we relax? You know, mm-hmm. um, this is Rick taking over the prison. This is Rick taking over Alexandria. You know, this like it's this is what Negan it's, it's says not, he should have done later what, in the episode. It's what Negan is talking about, together. the saviors. Yeah, they're doing this really good, like kind of morally gray thing of asking the audience, like, well, what is the difference between what they're doing versus what some of our heroes have done? Mm-hmm. Um, and if our heroes could grow beyond it and have this inter, 
you know, community compact and start cooperating. Maybe everyone can. I, I, I like that. It's it's uh, like I said, these interesting ethical moral quandaries far more interesting than like the moralizing we've seen from seasons past. And I don't mm-hmm. mind them indulging in more of it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Daryl and Leah walk and talk about Meridian. She tells him he doesn't understand what it's like to live in a small town, which made me laugh. Uh, and how Pope has made her stronger, and Daryl plays it totally cool. That you needed that, yeah. It's it's uh, I kind of agree. You know, she's given Pope way too much credit and herself way too little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Daryl's uh, doing all the stuff to like plant the seeds of hey, you don't need Pope, right? Yeah, and then people that you know are abusers and manipulators are very good at that. Like we saw with the the whispers and Alpha, how she used like you know praise and criticism as ways to keep people uh, under her thumb. And mm-hmm. clearly, Pope's doing the same thing. It seems like Daryl's playing a little bit of that game here too, uh, but sure. you know, for for good, right? He, yeah, kind of break that saying, spell instead. Yeah, he's dishonestly. Mani- yeah, he's he's being dishonest with her, which means automatically he's he's uh, manipulating her. Sure. Yeah. Then we go back to Maggie doing her best Walker impersonation while Negan coaches her on how to uh, herd these walkers. She manages to get a walker to follow her until she trips on a rock, and the gang has to step in and save her. And then Negan tells her she did good. Yeah, I. This is cool. They're not really explaining the sweet science of Walker herding, but. I I dig it. Like there is a technique you you can like learn how like you know when is the right you, you know because it's it's wild to yeah. me like if you if you stumble the zombies are gonna bite you but like don't zombies like trip and fall pretty much all the time like we've seen the the, the, same, so. the zombie waterfalls I don't think they look where they're going but also sometimes you know it's cool when you can just peel off from the group the like at, at, at double triple time and the zombies don't follow you right right. Like so you start peeling but, but boards like, off a wall, yeah, yeah. So like the and and but but there's a, there's just enough in this show's history to show. Like I also thought it's weird that like you got like a couple of ropes around the zombie pin, and then you can just start cooking rabbits in front of them and acting all human and smelling like human, and they're just going to be over there like. Uh, but like yeah. I don't know because we also know that zombies can get like a kind of a learned helplessness if mm. you like take their arms the pets, and so like yeah. there is. Or like 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 just some kind of catatonic state you can put a zombie in by getting it to walk in a circle that they maybe get distracted like it, it's it's it, they're they're walking the right line between not explaining enough and giving me just enough to like okay I guess I can see how that works I, mm-hmm. how how's it how's the zombie herd and treating you Jim yeah I'm liking it um I, I'm just entertained by Negan standing back here watching Maggie try and do the thing that he was learning last season uh, right. and he's just enjoying it right he's living it up. Uh, and uh, the POV Walker, the POV mask shots, like where, you know, she's initially wearing this ill fitting mask you can barely see out of it. She's tripping. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. Although I have in my notes, my God, how much time is this? Is this taking? Because Boston Rob, man, <laughs> are they going to are they going to heat this motherfucker? Is this going to be like Gen- Gendry Baratheon? Like he's going to show up in the final three episodes of uh, season 11 C mm-hmm. and, and save the, the day battle. because battle hammer, whatever war axe. Yeah. They, they like, they gave him like half a bottle of water and a granola bar and be like, Hey, we'll be right back. And it's been, I think two days and yeah. Negan kind of like, how long does it take you to teach how to walk with a zombie? How long does it take to make a mask? make alterations to that mask. They, they're just like, they act like they have all the time in the world. And Alden is like bleeding to death in some fucking cursed chapel. Right. Gabriel's probably bleeding to death. He's walking on a leg that's been stabbed, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I saw him in the background. He's doing the limp. So at least he's, <laughs> at least the actor is still concerned with that. Even if the show is not the 100%, uh, but you're right. There's a lot of time being, let's say used i don't think it's wasted here right this is a much better plan than just running up to the gates and trying to shoot people uh but yeah it it has a chance of succeeding yes yeah uh and and, you know if you had asked me last episode is there any way that they're going to be able to actually succeed in this mission i would have said fuck no they got four people uh one on the inside sure but against these people no definitely not i'd forgotten that you know we have an excellent uh walker whisperer in the group so 
this is kind of a cool solution to what I saw as a huge problem uh, in this clear suicide mission. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know. Maybe I it didn't seem like any of the threads I was looking at. People were calling bullshit on it. But like, I was a little bit worried or like, are people going to go along with just doing the whisperer shit, but for good? And like, I guess I did. Yeah, I'm like, That's, yeah, I didn't expect them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's this is essentially advanced wearing guts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's guts wearing 202. So I, I, I did. I dug it. I went along with it. No questions asked. How do they? What do you think? Do they peel the skin off these walkers? Do they like hose out the inside or is it just covered in like coagulated walkers? Because it's blood? weird because when like, you know, Laura Cohen is wearing this mask, they got like dark, you know, they darkened her eyes and she's got like black lipstick on. But then like when, <laughs> as soon as she takes the mask off, it's just, you know, right. uh, Lauren Cohen made up to look like she's not wearing makeup. Uh, right. and I, I don't think they did the alpha because alpha when she took her shit off she was pretty grody under there you know yeah she's so, still in the dark eyes and everything they, they yeah maggie green must be cute it's written into the the contract apparently uh okay gabriel scouts meridian and he sees a reaper he might be able to pick off and follows him to a graveyard but the reaper starts praying and gabriel can't bring himself to take him out yeah, it's this warrior mark guy or warrior monk guy literally prancing. Did you notice this? He's kind of prancing. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a he's got a weird gait. Okay. Uh, whispering scriptures. Uh, I, I thought it's interesting. Like Gabe kind of looks at him like Jacques, a man of God working for the bad people. I, like like he's, uh, you know, going to investigate. And then he hears. So, I, OK, is there any is there any way that this guy actually was aware of Gabriel? Because he prays for his uh, for God's guidance and, you know, conversation and confidence. Is there anything I should know? Then he gets up, looks directly at Gabriel and Mm -hmm. says, thank you, father. No, I think this is just the walking dead being the walking dead. Like they're not going to be super concerned with camera angles and where people are looking (laughs) and sight lines and what's between you and another character. They just want to get the shot they want to get. Well, shouldn't this be a shot in Gabriel's arm? Because, like, you know, if he believes in God and this guy's beseeching God and God doesn't answer his prayer, doesn't that kind of like by proxy answer Gabriel's prayer to not be murdered here? I guess I yeah, I don't know. It's all very confused with Gabriel at this point. I thought he had gotten beyond the God's. I thought he thought God was dead. Um, Yeah. Why would he have a trouble trouble killing this guy? Uh, I don't because he's a man of God. What does that even mean with this group? Yeah. I mean, what does it mean to Gabriel anymore? Especially since he lied to Maggie. Cause that's one thing if you just like choke right. for whatever reason or what, but then like when Maggie said, did you see anybody? He's like, no, well, that's a lot. That's that's information. that's probably going to be important to their plan, man. You got to tell people that like, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't Gabriel. care much for it. Uh, let's take another quick break and we'll be right back. Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time we're getting a prequel featuring the origin story of Charlize Theron's character Furiosa, starring the Queen's Gambit's Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role and the mighty Thor Chris Hemsworth as the warlord Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and fun. Furiosa drives in the theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film, as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member. Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first-run films, plus tons of other bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. Another scene I didn't exactly care for, or another thing I didn't exactly care for. Uh, Yumiko keeps trying to pressure her brother to be a doctor again. And he has had enough. He makes her promise not to tell anyone that he's a doctor because that would change the way that things are. And he likes the way things are. Uh, Suddenly, he's grabbed by security and dragged off. I assume they're monitoring his conversation with her somehow. 
Oh, I, see, I just thought that this was this guy reacting to her trying to charge ahead in line. Like, oh, you think you can go off of my timetable? I'm black bagging your brother. I don't think it had anything Hornsby? to do with what they're talking about. Got him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I understood from their conversation. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that could be true. We'll get to where I, uh, why I suspect that later on. Okay. But um, this conversation about like, you know, he's like, it's, it's essentially what we said. So we were right in almost all of our suppositions that this guy is hiding the fact that he is a doctor from because we were almost 100 percent that if they knew he was a doctor, they would have pressed him into doctor service. So yeah. that's probably not good if they were to find out um, and, and, and we'll find out. Um, but he's like, you know, he just doesn't want to be that. Like, you know, I just can't be that guy that never turns off, never get to sleep, the life and death. Thing. And I think that's fair. Like, not everybody has got, you know, just like uh, it'd be unfair to ask somebody to carry 100 pounds of rocks because they just, you know, they weigh 75 pounds and have the muscle mass. Like, some people just don't have the spiritual, the psyche, the the mental wherewithal to be that kind of very driven, service-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not weakness per se it's just they're not cut out for it any more than the yeah. 75 pound you know uh, frail person is not cut out to dig ditches so um i don't have a problem with that um it just seems like there's going to be some kind of giant penalty for withholding this information from from the commonwealth yeah it seems um, like it i uh, surprised how snobby yumiko was because she's like oh you're staying in a dormitory wouldn't you rather be not rich and i'm like you were sleeping in like a fucking container yeah a storage container like at my introduction to you in the series come on competent bow girl let's yeah let's uh take Slum, down the, the with the, uh kleptomaniac uh <laughs> former prisoner so yeah come yeah on. yeah yeah former client of yours by the way i think is mm-hmm. what they intimate so there's all kinds you're crossing all kinds of lines give, give your brother a break god damn it but yeah. um yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I felt like this was a little heavy handed to like just do the snatch and grab, you know, just to get like uh, a political foothold over Yumiko. Uh, it, it's a bizarre choice. I, I thought it was artfully well done because they're just like, you know, if it feels like he's on the verge of slipping up somehow talking about this ordered system and, you know, how it makes sense. But it's unconventional. And then they grab him and haul him off. And you hear the loudspeakers being like, that's the Commonwealth way. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I like that touch. Like, not subtle, but it's no. it's it's appropriate for the for for the Walking Dead for sure. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Maggie's herding some walkers into a pin. Negan congratulates her on a, a a good day, and then Casey Jones asks if he's changed, but she says, "I don't know. We can't know. How could you know?" I hope I can keep my promise before they're broken, as per the episode title. When he asks. I think I, she, she yeah, says, I do think no, that I have my there's a couple crossed. of promises that get broken right away because doesn't she promise then that like she'll try to help him find her sister? Um, but I guess they do. They do find it's just they the, do the find her broken. It's fulfilled. Yeah, because I thought maybe that's like one of the promises broken that like we'll find her presumably alive. And it turns out she's dead, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Um, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of promises made in this episode, but. Promises mm-hmm. broken. You know, promises broken probably pertains to the conversation they're going to have here in a bit um, mm. about keeping your people safe, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's probably. I mean, this is the the landmark. Gotcha. The landmark scene in this episode is that conversation between Negan and Maggie later on. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. We can talk about that when we get there. Uh, Yumiko finds Hornsby and asks where her brother is. Hornsby tells her, "Just give me some time. You know, you're trying to rush things." Uh, he admits that he is helping her for future favors, and she agrees to sit tight for a few hours. Yeah, it's like, man, the difference between the mafia and like politics, it's very mm-hmm. small. Yeah, it's very, very small. I guess uh, the difference is you can technically say no to, po- to a politician and you might just have your career ruined. They won't actually kill you. But uh, yeah, unless it's house yeah, cards. Whole- yeah. Yeah, this this whole like uh the the there become a the, the there will come a day and they may never come. It's it's it felt very godfathery. For sure. And I, I kinda like this element. Um you know, it adds a wrinkle to the Commonwealth, which could be pretty one dimensional if it was just this authoritarian state. Um but yeah, having 
I guess independent actors in this thing is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Daryl spots some houses and a trail leading to them, and they find a man hiding, looking for food for his family. Daryl forces him to take them to his family, and Lee gets on the radio to report in, and Pope says, kill them all. It's either a fan of Metallica or he's out for blood. I was about to say, just like a Metallica <laughs> album. Yeah. Uh, not much to talk about in this scene, I guess. It, it's supposed to be like ominous, right? Like Leah's pointing the shotgun, gets a look on her face like she's going to murder this guy and his family yeah, no problem she gets the smug like oh boy get the murder again look which right not exactly i think ex- expresses her character but yeah that's no. a kind of commercial uh type of uh cliffhanger yep and then we go back to negan and maggie this is the scene that i was talking mm-hmm. about where negan tries to sort of connect with maggie over being a leader who failed to protect their people maggie is pretty much having none of it the whole time because he was a monster compared to everyone else she's known. Negan admits it and he says he'd do things differently this time if he could. Instead, he would have killed everybody. And in this conversation, that's sort of a perverse sense of of good in his mind. Um, like he could have killed them all and protected his own people, which is all really anybody's trying to do right now. Uh, and he says he's just trying to be honest with her, even though that sounds terrible to her. And I don't know if it is honest. Do you think that the, after all he sat in that prison cell, after all the talks with Judith, after all, you know, him thinking about his ex or his wife and all that stuff, you think he really thinks the way to go was to, to murder everyone in Alexandria? It's a good question. Because the thing I kept on thinking about, like it's because, you know, Maggie says, you know, you guys didn't have families and communities at the satellite outpost. But that was bullshit. It was even bullshit. You know, they, they had that, that. That's where they got Gracie. I thought that was a great callback to like, you know, and, and why did they do that? It's because Negan was taking like more than what they thought they could uh, uh, give. But like the rest of the, like the season nine and ten plot was Alexandria and the kingdom having to bend over backwards and share more than they had to come together as a community. So like Negan's trying to wanting to do that at the at the end of a barrel of a gun or the the business end of a bat. But is it really that different than mm-hmm. what Alexandria and them had to do anyway? So like yeah, I'm not saying that like Negan had things right with his slave camps and his you know sexual slaves and uh, obviously it's it's it was a horrifying regime yeah but you know they did have i mean that's the whole point like even if they were within that regime there were friends there was families people that depended on them and people to look to negan as a leader to keep him safe and him saying i couldn't because these fucking rick people are crazy i thought it was pretty effective for what it was i was just a little bit surprised that negan didn't have any other answers so I think this is also Negan's way of saying you can't just cut the head off this beast. You have to take the entire thing out top to bottom, because if you go in and you just kill Pope, you've got a lot of people who are counting on Pope to keep them safe. And a lot of people who love Pope, you know, I mean, as bad as Negan was, there's a lot of people in his crew that loved him. So if you do that, you're just creating more misery for these people and they're going to want you dead um just like negan does right so i think this is a dual purpose conversation it's like making him more relatable to maggie and the stuff that he did more relatable to her but also telling her hey the the, here are the stakes for this upcoming battle it's just it it does seem also at odds with his like talk about the world's different now there's fewer people fewer things like we'd have to do something different but I think you're right. Like this is this is to set up another dilemma. Like there's already a dilemma that they're setting up with the um, Casey Jones here, but like Negan saying we got to wipe these people out versus Daryl. That's going to be like not this one, right? Yeah, with Leah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right about it. Uh, I was surprised in this scene also to hear that Negan knows Maggie's last name, and I barely do. Like I can't, I can count on one hand the number of times it's been said in this series, and he would know it. Yeah, I always think it was Maggie Green, but it's you're right. They got married. It's Ree, and she took his took his name, or that he knew Glenn's last name. Even yeah, that's crazy to me. But (laughs) right, the widow. (laughs) Yeah, 
right? Anyway, uh, Zeke returns to his friends bearing lollipops and good news. He got all the treatment he needed. His cancer, I guess, is cured. Like, he seems like a new man. Like, he's had rounds of chemo and recovered. It might be 12 months later, 18 months later. I don't even know with how good he's feeling. Dude, is there are they trying to tell us that they're like these are morphine lollipops? Because there was something like when he's like, you know, uh, you know, you've done all his like friends. You've done all my work and here. I don't even have lollipops. Oh, wait a second. No. I, and he puts them in the camera like crash zooms in on it. Uh-huh. And he's like this way over the top. Like, oh, I've got antibiotics and pain. He's like Mr. Burns in the Simpsons episode when they pump him full of shit and he goes out and he's he's yeah. like, I bring love. Uh, he's he's floating like that. I is this part of the the uh, the um the Commonwealth way? Is there some kind of like chemical dependency slash brainwashing almost that they're doing to people? Some because Zeke some. wasn't Zeke, man. All this Huxley shit. What's going on here? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's brave new brave Commonwealth. New yeah, brave new Commonwealth. Might be. I don't know. Um, yeah, he seems abnormally good. Like, if you were coughing and hacking and almost dying moments ago, nothing could really make you feel this good unless it was very powerful. And it certainly isn't going to cure your cancer in a day or an afternoon. So, yeah, and like Hornsby's whole effect is kind of like he's steepling his fingers, like, ah, oh, yes, ready to put you back to work. This is this, this. Like, yeah, what's why is he being nice to these people? It's it's everything's yeah. got to be for some kind of ulterior motive for sure. And I think we it reveals it a little bit later. We'll get there. Um, so, yeah, Hornsby comes in. He assigns him new jobs and asks Zeke and Princess to follow him. Uh, and then we go back to Gabriel returning to uh, Maggie's group in the woods and saying Meridian is still there. But he lies when he says that he didn't run into any of the Reapers. And I, I, I can't help but think he's moralizing here a little bit. The lying is probably the more offensive part, but I, I also know. think, do you think that Maggie realized he's lying? Cause I feel like Gabriel mm-hmm. is actually a decent liar to people who are not his friends, but he, there was a slight hitch and oh. hesitation. And I felt like the camera followed Maggie's gaze and she kind of had like a, Hmm, look on her face. I could, could be, be wrong, but I thought maybe she it's, and I don't know. She's like, Oh, Gabriel's betraying. It's more of like, I'm not getting the full story here. I was furiously looking down at my laptop, typing my that motherfucker notes. So I probably yeah. missed that look. Fucking morgalizer. Right. God damn it. Uh, Eugene and Stephanie see the overprivileged couple being descended upon by walkers on their picnic. They're rushing to save them. And this entitled prick is pissed off that they interrupted the date. Eugene punches the little shit and then... It, there's some Steph, some quote unquote Stephanie stuff here that, ugh, annoying. Uh, Red Garden Hornsby run in and ask, "Don't you know who that is?" And Eugene says, "How the fuck would I know who this is? You put me in a prison camp the day I arrived, you dipshits." He doesn't say any of that, but he should yeah. because that's a stupid question. That is an incredibly stupid question. Also, anytime you hear that, uh, with rare exception, you hear that, "Don't you know who that is?" It's almost always tyranny. Right, right, this, right. This, some kind of George Orwell uh, animal farm. Unless it's Mister Rogers, unless you run up and punch Mister Rogers, that, that, and that's, they say, "Don't the you know exception. who that is?" I was thinking, like, if someone's so beloved and it's right. so out of character for you to attack them that you're like, you're gonna have a problem with everybody. But you just you, you, you're the Green Goblin. You attacked uh, Spider Man, and now all New York is descending on you. Like, right? There's 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 the one out of a hundred <laughs> positive invocation of, "Don't you know who this is, you dumb fuck?" But yeah. most of the time. It's a symbol of like, this is some kind of fucking tyranny. This is some kind of unequal oppression system. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, this is still got to be a wheel within a wheel because Horns becomes if, if, if the plan was for you guys to save him, like, why don't you let him know? Mm-hmm. Why are you just trying to engineer a situation? And also, Eugene yeah. did do this and this little shit. It wasn't good enough for him. So, yeah. like, fuck this. I guess this guy's name is Sebastian. Fuck this guy uh-huh. deep and hard in the in the most sensitive place in the soul and let him get eaten by a walker. Can, I got this, can, can spoiled, we get this done uh, for me by Amazon's X-ray feature because I had happened to be mousing over the window at, at a certain point in in an earlier scene where oh. he was walking by 
and it said Sebastian Milton, and I was like, oh, then well, Mil- yeah. okay. I know who yeah. Pamela Milton is, and I figure there's probably only one Milton in town, but middle name Poindexter turns out <laughs> right. Did X-ray did X-ray spoil you on that? No, I did not. I forgot all about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Stephanie stuff, the quote-unquote Stephanie stuff happening mm-hmm. in this scene really annoyed me. Boy, they make her as helpless as the day is long. Um, she did kill somebody though. I mean, yeah, she, but she she's tugging on Eugene's sleeve the whole time. Eugene, Eugene. Oh, there's a walker yeah. approaching that woman. Eugene, Eugene, I need yeah. your help. How fucking helpless are you? Come on. Yeah, it's pretty. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I just I, I don't know what Hornsby's up to because this all feels like what he what it all feels like what it's it's happening the way he wants it to happen because what he wants is Eugene to be in des- desperate enough situation to unilaterally reveal the location of Alexandria. But, but to what end? Like, yeah. I don't know why the Commonwealth would destroy them. I could see why the Commonwealth would like ra- round them all up and use them for like fucking labor. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it, there's going to be round up and labor camped, uh, indentured servitude. Does anybody have any skills left in Alexandria? I mean, Boston I, Rob is the only one I could even see as having a skill but he's probably still alive and he's got some skills and eugene but you're right is he still uh, alive we haven't seen him in i don't yeah i thought we saw him and his girlfriend like in one of the bonus episodes so he's still around but yeah okay yeah maybe he's off he's off shooting another series like uh lauren cohen was could be yeah uh I don't know. Maybe he's getting like in Marvel shape for the movies or something. Maybe they, they cast Marvel him. Marvel jacked. Yeah. It's going to be in the Eternals too. <laughs> sure. It's, it might take two years to get him jacked. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Y- Yumiko shows up for her meeting with Pamela Milton. She sits, she waits and the receptionist chats with her for a bit. Uh, then she gets a call saying that she has to reschedule the meeting because someone attacked her son. Which now we connect the dots here with Eugene. Obviously. Mm-hmm. The, and, and the other thing we connect the dots, if you're hip to this uh, decoy Stephanie theory, is that this receptionist is the quote unquote real Stephanie. Okay. She's the one that went down and got the Rocky Road for the state state uh, department. Uh, she is the actor who actually was on the horn with Eugene all last season. Does this I'm, make I'm any actually, sense? How would she be on the radio? Why would she be on the radio? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know why you do the subterfuge. I don't know other than like you don't want someone who. Well, it's not about be... doing the subterfuge. It's about her position is very obviously the personal assistant of Pamela Milton. She's a very important person. Be... Why would she be on right. manning a radio station? Like, yeah, scanning the I frequencies. Guess... No. Maybe she got, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's going to be some variation of she was doing, because like I still, that's, that's still community property, and maybe she was abusing it. Or maybe they heard she Eugene got, long before they saying. responded, she, and she got placed there to talk to him. Like, pushed into it, yeah, I guess, but, and then like she got, uh, to make sure that she doesn't get an undue attachment and me- mess up the plan, they do a decoy. The problem mm. I have is like, I'm kind of surprised that Eugene hasn't detected that there's something wrong. Like yeah. they talked for hours and hours and had like this kind of like, you know, inside jokes probably and oh, had, had like nicknames, Do- not Doodlebug, but you know, although I guess if the, if the decoy Stephanie was just sitting in the same room the whole time this was happening, I, I just don't know whether like this is a natural relationship that that Stephanie and Eugene got into. They got co-opted by Hornsby once he found out and threatened and bullied and cajoled Stephanie into it. Mm-hmm. Or if this was a manufactured, like this is what they do. Like these are the sirens on this the shore side. Like you know, yeah. you got uh, you got cute ladies hanging out on ham radios, trying to get sweaty Radio Shack nerds to fall in love with them, and then you just reel them in. You just 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 crash that ship on the shore, turn them all to pigs. <laughs> Isn't that how it went? I can't remember sure. the si- siren. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, it, the latter good. seems nothing more good likely, happens given what her job is. So gotcha. All right. All right, Eugene rots in a cell and then Hornsby enters and tells Eugene that the price is much higher now for his freedom. Uh, it's the price is going to be the name of his town and its location. And Eugene is reluctant, but I think he eventually cracks when he thinks about the safety that they could provide to Alexandria. I, I don't know. Both, the, both his own fate and Alexandria's 
he's he's weighing those in the balance here. Yeah, he wants a guarantee. He's like, well, you know, Eugene, look how many chances we've given you. Look how we've treated you. But like, ah, that's the thing. Like, you've boiled the frog a little too fast. Like, even if I'm an idiot like Eugene, I think I could throw a couple things back in your face about this being no bueno. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's weird. It just feels like a there's just some aspects of the storyline that's dragging its feet, and some of them it's like a step or two ahead of where I think it, they should be if everything was firing on all cylinders. But it's I think it's mostly working. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Then Maggie and crew uh, and walkers shamble toward an, an office or a warehouse of some kind. And they tear down the barricades, and then they herd the walkers inside into their growing group of walkers. There's a lot of them. Uh, apparently that whole office building, <laughs> like nobody made it out of there. Like, how yeah, many? They got, they yeah. got boarded up in the beginning of the pandemic and they just been there waiting to bust out, man. Right. Must be I, this. This scene gave me the idea that like hurting zombies is like an endurance sport. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it is to wear that mask, be hunched over, have the shambling gait that's not too fast. And if you make a single mistake, you die. Mm-hmm. It's like white knuckle stuff like like a Le Mans race or an Indy 500 where you just turn and left at 250 miles an hour for two and a half hours. And if you're fractionally yeah. off, you're breaking, you're turning, you're going to die. Like, my God, the discipline that it would take to do that. Yeah. I don't got it. We don't give them enough credit. I would start cutting corners in 15 minutes and I'd been eaten in 20. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I get the impression that you know they can they can break off of the main group like this because there are still others hurting right two of them break off and then pull the boards off the door i think the others are standing back hurting the walkers still and it did feel like there's a technique to it like you do one last shamble stagger left and then you kind of like break you know like naratu run break and zombies can't yeah. see naratu that's their condition <laughs> not to, to see the ninja magic i maybe but there's just like, but again, there's a technique. Uh, manifestly, it's some finesse and technique to it, and I, mm-hmm. I thought that's cool. It was. All right, Daryl and Leah follow this man to his hideout where his sick wife and son are, and Leah changes her mind about killing him. She seemed pretty resolute earlier, but uh, tells him to take his son and run. They do, and the wife thanks him, saying, "Yeah, I'm ready to die." Leah can't shoot her though. Can't even shoot the people who are asking for it at this point, and. Uh, Daryl does. Leah says she'll tell Pope that Daryl killed them all. And Daryl's about to tell Leah something, but she gets a call on the radio and they have to leave. A lot of delay tactics here. Uh, I half expected Hornsby to jump in <laughs> this scene and say, uh, like black bag Leah. And I, need you to, yeah, I need you to wait for another day until right. the favor is ripe. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, can't you guys walk and talk? Can we not get Aaron right. Sorkin in this bitch to nah. write this scene? We're going to have to wait till next episode because you got to walk. Oh my God. This yep. show, this show sometimes. Right. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I liked it and I actually really liked the fact that the lady like throws it on God that like, oh, I was just praying like because that like just goes right into um, like Leah's worldview, right? That like mm-hmm. they were guided by God to do this thing. And uh, I don't know how she yeah. squares like disobeying Pope with like keeping the kid and the dad alive. But the same I, I way that Gabriel for, squares lying to Maggie about it. I guess they both do that in this episode. Because Maggie set someone on fire. Although I guess I guess there are, if you really are a charitable, a lot of you know, like Maggie sacrificed one of her own to the zombie. Pope, you know, for for a perceived transgression against a group, Pope sacrificed one of his own to the burn pile for the same reason. They've been because I don't know how successful all these layers have worked, but some of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know why she can't. I, I don't know why she can't bring herself to kill the woman. Maybe it's too painful because she was in a position like that, you know, with her adopted child, and yeah. she can see. I, I will say that, like people that are saying that they don't think Leah killed, you know, um, uh, Casey Jones' sister. Probably this scene's good ammunition. Maybe, maybe not the the he versus she since they're wearing masks and wearing body armor and stuff. But like, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like she would kill. A child, you know, it doesn't seem like it seems like she wouldn't be the one that would just gung ho and do it the way Pope or a Carver probably would. 
Yeah, it's it's tough because they've changed who the Reapers are in these last two episodes. They've gone from mindless masked killing machines to like some religious cult that apparently has divisions inside of it. And I don't know, they're trying to layer in like some humanity into these Reapers, but at the same time, they've lost everything that made them Reapers beforehand. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's just Daryl's influence on Leah. It's working. Uh, And the final scene is Maggie's crew has gathered a big herd and they're walking along. And then Casey Jones looks over and recognizes. I assume his sister is one of the walkers and Maggie holds his hand as they shamble on. I'm surprised the show didn't have him look over to Maggie and say, Maggie, that's my sister. That's my sister. Don't tell the walkers. That's my sister. <laughs> like just so the audience yeah. would get it. Like I got it, but yeah, no, it seems like a it very was... subtle walking dead move. Yeah. They trusted us not mm-hmm. to, you know, and Casey Jones break down crying in the herd. It's uh. And then they pan out and they got a decent sized herd all of a sudden. Yeah. So I'm excited to see them take this to the gates of the Reapers and see what happens. It looks like the next episode. I, I looked at the teaser. It looks like there's going to be kind of like uh, maybe Night of the Living Dead Romero homage because the zombies come to the gates and it's kind of reminiscent of the which was the uh, Night of the Dead uh, mall episode. Was that Day of the Dead? Oh, Dawn, Dawn of, the Dead? of the Dead. Yeah, it's Dawn mall. of the Dead. And then at uh, it looks like maybe the walls are starting to finally fall during the night at Alexandria and they're actually, you know, repelling zombie arms from boarded up windows. It's got some... Huh. It wouldn't okay. surprise me if they gave Nicotero it again, too. So yeah, he can yeah. like, yeah, I want to I wanna do an all Romero all the time episode. So I don't think we're going to get a lot of answers. I think it's going to be a lot of like parallel action that leads up to a cliffhanger that hopefully propels us in the next season. And um, maybe I'm, I'm if I honestly, if they break the back of the Reapers, I'll be ecstatic yeah, because I, I want them to ditch one of these plot lines. And I think it's it's the, the Commonwealth has legs. The Reapers don't. Yeah. So easily. Leah might have legs. But the Reapers as, as, a, as a whole now, they need to get out. All right. Well, that's it for the episode. Yeah, if you'd like to give us feedback, watching dead at baldmove.com. Of course, uh, we open up our ma- mailbag every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash baldmove to, uh, to do the feedback show live. We then take that recording and release it as a podcast later if you don't want to watch live. But hey, if you got nothing going on, on Wednesday, uh, it'll be a fun time. Uh, also, this Sunday at 9 o'clock, right around the time the episode drops, we drop our full coverage of the podcast every Sunday. And we also are doing date and time with our YouTube video, too. So if you'd rather watch our, uh, our uh, video coverage on YouTube, youtube.com slash baldmove, whichever's convenient, podcast or video form. Uh, that happens Sunday again, 9 p.m. Eastern, the same time that the show drops on AMC. So. Watching dead at baldmove.com for feedback. Can't wait to see what you guys think and uh, any predictions you got for the finale episode. Only one episode left. We'll see you back then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.